Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. I'm Connor Rogers alongside maybe Jamar Chase, maybe Matthew Barry. Yeah, look at that release. Hey, either way, either way, either way. You gotta, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, put, you gotta push yeah. the, the key Shoot is the, the hands. hands. Exactly. Yeah. Look at that. Don't worry, please. I use my size and speed combo yeah. to get open. Matthew did a, uh, a rendition standing up before, which is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen yeah. in my to life. To not get my Jamar Chase. Yeah. I call him once. Yeah, I call him once. Uh, to call me once, yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Listen, yeah. Hey, yeah, give me the ball. Look, I'm open. <laughs> Look at me. I'm always open. I'm always up and open. There we go. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome. To the fantasy football happy hour, the always <laughs> open fantasy football I mean, happy hour. Let's me. go ahead. What, what, kind, what day grade would you put on me? Like, break down the tape real quick. You, you might get a camp tryout. I'm just saying. Yeah, you might get it into rookie camp. Yeah, and you might sneak onto a roster. Like Monday. Jaleel McLaughlin did it. Yeah. Xavier Jack Nicholson as the Joker. <laughs> a little bit of that. A little bit of that. Well, I feel like, you know what I am, like, you know how you always talk about the fact that, like, yeah, I mean, come on, like, you can't really, honestly, wow. you can't look at, look. Whoa, look at that. I mean, come on. You can't tell I mean, the difference. Yeah, exactly. Like, just tell, like, honestly, seriously. Seriously, who's who? Oh, I can't even tell. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, it's like, no, I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell my kids that's Jamar Chase on the right. If you're ever wondering what it's like before we're on the air, yeah. when he's when someone, job. when multiple people are trying to mic him up, he practices release package <laughs> off the line of scrimmage. It's, t- it's the hardest job in the biz. Yeah, well, listen, I don't want to get chipped off the line. There's no question. Uh, I mean, I, I liken myself to... You remember how, like, the, the argument coming out of out of uh, college that Jerry Rice just wasn't fast, right? You know that was the that was why four six guy. He was a four six guy. That's you know, but like then he got on the field and he was like he was quicker than you thought, <laughs> right? Like, you know, and just elite route running, and that's yes. what I sort of feel like I have. I'm, I'm more quick than fast. Yes. You're not going to be a and combine I, hero. We know no, that. No, hundred percent. No, no. Like the three cone. Don't look at my three cone drill numbers. <laughs> oh, but I mean, but you know, like I'm a big bodied guy. I can you know Anquan right. Boldenish kind of you know physically you know, use my Bolden. physicality to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, box out guys. Yeah, I'm always open. Like, just I know there's two defenders draped <laughs> over me, but like, throw me the ball, I'll come down with it. I'll come down with it. Oh, maybe, maybe Connor Rogers. Maybe we should call the Vikings. Maybe. Yeah, they might. Uh, they need might some need some wide receiver. See what I just did there? Yeah, that was called segue, Jay Crouch. Into our lovely waiver wire. Day. I know, right? right? A little slider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Swung Austin it. Riley. I just watched it go right down the middle. Oh, please, not that. Anyways. Lot to do today. It's waiver wire day. Very busy waiver wire day, and because of that, Ugh. Justin Jefferson managers, you drink free. We're sorry. We feel for you. Hopefully, I mean, we're here to help you. Why can't we have nice things? Why can't we have nice things? I know. First time he's ever really been hurt as well. He's one of those guys who just seems indestructible because he's just seemingly not of this planet. But he's going to be out at least four weeks. Hopefully, not too much longer than that. 
uh, and we'll talk about what to do in his place. I mean, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne are the two obvious ones, but there'll be a lot of other wide receivers on the waiver wire. You've, you've done this uh, since it was invented. Is this a <laughs> bad injury season, unlike we've seen in a bit? It just has that feel to it. has that feel to it. I, mean, I haven't looked at any, any of the data, but it does feel like every year there are injuries. But it does feel like this year there are bigger-name guys right. that are going down, right? And so, I mean, like, and you even started that way, right? I mean, again, with Cooper Cup, like, missing the first four weeks, Jonathan Taylor missing the first right. four weeks. For people that drafted in the first two weeks of August, you're like, we haven't even started. And all of a sudden, like, you know, two of our guys are out. And then, you know, and then Nick Chubb goes down. He's out for the year. I mean, it... it Eckler, it, Saquon. Eckler, Eckler, right. Eckler, Saquon, I mean, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Deshaun Watson. I mean, like, it just feels like... On and on, on every week there's somebody. What's crazy is is that it took me a second to even remember Nick Chubb was out uh, for the year right. because it has been such a horrible cycle. Um, it, it is a, it is a violent sport. It is one of the reasons why when I play I'm so shifty. I just <laughs> you know, very Emmett Smith like like you don't I don't get hit dead on. That's the thing you know. Right. Just, everyone's just like how have you been able to play so long? Is I never take a direct hit. I'm always kind of shifting. You know what I mean? And so I, I a lot on the side, a lot of the hip and that kind of stuff. But never everyone gets like, like full on. You know that's the that's the if if you just keep shifting, it's hard to like get a really bead on you. Oh boy, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: is that with particularly the running back position. And obviously we're talking about wide receiver yeah. here, but the running back position, I mean, there's just so much attrition there. We saw what happened to Nick Chubb. We saw what happened to other guys going down. There's about a 4% chance in any given game that a running back will get hurt uh, meaningfully. And so that's, that's pretty significant yeah. uh, when you think about it. And Justin Jefferson, who has been so durable, he's had a little well, couple of scares with cramping, Before but. we get into Justin Jefferson real quickly, but again, like you think about, you think about T. Higgins. I mean, you think about some of these guys that, that like – Every week there's been somebody that was drafted in the first three rounds, Mike it feels Williams. like. Mike Williams, Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike Williams out for the year. I mean, again, that, right. Uh, an, another one that's um, uh, been, been absolutely brutal. Uh, and then, you know, there have been, uh, you know, the crazy part is, is that the, the healthiest, J.K. Dobbins, out yeah. for the year, right? Yeah. I mean, like another guy, like you're just like. <sighs> um, but the craziest part is that the healthiest guy is Chris McCaffrey. It, I mean, right? Bizarro like, world. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, Chris that's, McCaffrey's indestructible. I think that points to the, the idea that we've talked about before is that in fantasy and in betting as well, like, fade the idea that someone's injury prone because you're injury prone until you're not. And you're not injury prone until you get hurt. And someone like Anyone look, play. Saquon Barkley, a year ago coming into the season, no one wanted the part of him because of all the injuries. Then he was just basically fully healthy last season. Now he's hurt again. Christian McCaffrey was fully healthy last season, fully healthy this season as well after dealing with injuries for three years. Is. So, I mean, it, it just is what it is. Right. Darren Waller's been out there for every game, just as it seemed like it. I was going to make that joke about Najee Harris. Yeah, same thing. Off. Like, uh, say, he just, he, he, he's just seemed injured. <laughs> yeah. With yeah, that, anyway, all of it, all of it is brutal. Let's let's get into Justin yeah. Jefferson. And let's, let's jump into the Roto World Player News. Yeah, let Roto World Player News available at RotoWorld.com. Of course, I'm a company man. And listen, obviously, the Justin Jefferson news, uh, real soul crushing. He's placed on IR with the hamstring. We got to hear from his head coach, Kevin O'Connell, yesterday on the status of Jefferson. He's down today. Uh, he obviously is one of the most you know, ultra competitors I've ever met. Um, and, and shoot, he was trying to go back in the game as it was yesterday. So uh, we're going to have to medically uh, make a good decision and, and, and help, uh, you know, kind of almost protect him from himself a little bit in a way where uh, we got to take care of him and get him back to 100%. So that's ultimately what the Vikings do as they place him on IR. We don't know if this will be a minimum stay. We don't know if this will be. And right now, here's the reality too, guys. 
The Vikings have one win. Thank you. They've one win. That's the exact thing. We don't know where their season is going, but it hasn't been good so far. They've lost a lot of close games, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day in the NFL. Jay, okay. where how do they okay. rush him back? Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's all right. I was just going to say that. I mean, that is the problem. We saw what happened with Cooper Cup last season where he had an injury where it felt like he was probably going to come back at the end of the year if the Rams were in contention, but they weren't. And this Vikings team, you know, they have uh, new management the past couple of years, and it seems like they've wanted to kind of rebuild And Kirk Cousins, his contract situation. Like, they will want a new quarterback. Yes. And they can get one at the top of the draft. So I would think that they're going to let Justin Jefferson take as long as he needs, Matthew. At Chicago this week, he's, he's, he's missing the next four games. Uh, we know that at a minimum. And here's the Vikings' next four games. At Chicago, home to San Francisco, at Green Bay, at Atlanta. Those two tough road, you know, at Green Bay, good defense. At Atlanta, a much better defense than they get credit for. The only quote-unquote winnable game is at Chicago. Like, I, I mean, again, you don't love their chances against San Francisco. On the road to Green Bay and at, on the road to Atlanta, you could see both those team, both those games being losses. So there's a chance, guys... That they are at the end of this, they are one and seven, they are two and six, something like that, to your point. Exactly. Kirk Cousins has been rumored going to the Jets, you know, is there a quarterback? Because again, he's owed like over $40 million, some insane number. Yeah. They want to move on from, or, 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 or if nothing else, a really restructured deal given the price of quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think Kirk's taking a pay cut. Uh, and so you just wonder, like, hey, Caleb Williams out there, Drake May's out there. Yep. We're one and seven. You know what, Justin? You just take your time. We're going to go back, you know, and maybe they do trade Kirk Cousins to a team like the Jets sure. or something like that, right? You know, and get something out of it. And, you know, I mean, if the Jets say, we'll take the rest of his contract and give you a two for him, like, do the Jets, do the, Cousins, do the Vikings say no? And they've lost Jefferson for four weeks? 26% of the Vikings' targets are now available, you know. Anyway, we'll talk about the impact of the Vikings, but I just there's a chance we don't there there's a non-zero chance we've seen the last of Justin Jefferson this year. Yep, that's definitely in play. I do think he will come back though, just because I think the NFC is just so weak outside of 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Lions. There's no one else who really scares you in those last couple of wild card spots that don't go to whoever doesn't win the division out of Dallas and Philadelphia. I think if the Vikings can just tread water and look, these games, you know, they'll probably be dogs, you know, at Green Bay, at Atlanta without Jefferson, but like those are winnable games. Like they I've are. already seen Jordan Love or Desmond Ritter lately. And then it's, you know, at Denver, Chicago again before the bye week. Like they could tread schedule. water. The only like they beat Chicago the they Niners. beat Chicago this they beat Chicago this week. They split Green Bay and Atlanta. Say they lose to San Francisco. And so then you're looking at their three and four? No, no, the three and six. But the then it's home New Orleans at Denver, home Chicago. They could get to five and seven or something like they that. Could get and to five, you could like be a seven win team. And then yeah. you're like, you're still alive. <laughs> not what they but want. Yeah. You don't want to be a seven win team if you're Minnesota. <laughs> well, I think the, 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 kind you're of no the definition land. of one. I think the right, then you're still the, not then, bad. then you're the Washington Commanders. Yeah, exactly. Which we've been a, we've been a seven win ten, seven to nine win team every single day. And then you're like in quarterback hell. And um, most people say purgatory. I like that you said hell. <laughs> yeah. No hell. Yeah, no, no. It's hell. It's, it's more accurate. It's so the question is: Is with Jordan Addison what his ceiling is now? Because he is the big beneficiary. I know that KJ Osborne's playing a ton of snaps. Jordan Addison's better than KJ Osborne. I think they're going to lean on him more. And so obviously, if he's on any wave wire, he's your number one pick. He's like, yeah. I mean, he's 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 not 100 percent rostered. He's rostered in most leagues, and certainly. If he's out there, he would be my number one pick. But, like, why don't we go to the waiver, wide receiver waiver, and we'll talk about Devon Achan, and we'll talk yeah. about Anthony Richardson and all the other injuries. It's a huge injury week. We will get into that. James Conner news as well when we get to the waiver wire positions 
the waivers for those positions. But let's stay, start here and talk about K.J. Osborne. To your point, you say about playing a lot of snaps, 91% snap rate this year for K.J. Osborne. Believe it or not, he's actually tied for the team league in red zone targets. He's had uh, 15 career games with six or more targets. He's averaging 15.5 fantasy points per game. And so an offense that has to throw to keep up, they've been inefficient running the ball. They haven't been able to play defense this year. And so Cousins is going to have to continue to throw. And while we like Addison to get the biggest bump, and certainly Hawkinson will be more a part of that offense as well, uh, you know, I mean, you can make an argument Hawkinson's the number one tight end the rest of the way. I mean, yep. like him, because Kelsey hasn't been Kelsey in capital letters right. this year, and, and Andrews has been inconsistent, like, there's certainly an argument that from this point forward, T.J. Hawkinson's the number one tight end in fantasy. Uh, but K.J. Osborne, who's available in 91% of Yahoo leagues, is my number one wide receiver target. He's going to be a top two wide receiver on a pass-first offense for at least the next four weeks. What I really like about the Minnesota offense as well from a fantasy perspective is Brian Flores is blitzing over 50% of the time. So their defense is bad, and they die quickly because they're blitzing all the time. So you get the ball back straight away, uh, which is fantastic. I don't think anyone else is blitzing more than 40%, and Brian Flores is over 50%. But, Connor, I mean, what do you think of KJ Osborne as a player? Because is he actually going to take a leap? Because we talked about the snap count. He hasn't gone 50 yards in a game so far this season. And it feels like a lot of his rep is just that game against Indianapolis last year where he went off in that comeback. I'm a little skeptical. He feels like somebody that you would like to move inside and outside. And I feel like they'd also like to do that with Jordan Addison. And you have Hawkinson who can play off the line of scrimmage. It feels like to me, and I think this piggybacks your point, the volume just cranks up for Addison and Hawkinson. And maybe even they throw a little to Cam Akers. I know that sounds crazy. Then Osborne being this hero right away. Jefferson had 26.5% of their targets. Yeah. Like a fourth of their targets went to one guy. It's like 40% so, of the yards. I mean, right, it's unbelievable. I mean, prior to week five, he'd had at least 24 fantasy points in every game. This, I mean, like, so it's just, there's just a, the fact that he's just, quote, unquote, not earning targets. Like the fact that you aren't earning targets when Justin Jefferson yeah. is on the other side of the field isn't, isn't a fair knock on K.J. Osborne. And do I think he's elite? No, I don't. But do I think he's... Do I think he's going to get a lot of run on a better-than-average offense? I do. And Kirk Cousins is somebody that is a good enough quarterback to get the ball and distribute him. Yes, he's living a little bit off of that Colts game, but, like, he's not terrible. Like, they liked him enough to let Adam Thielen walk sure. this season. Yeah. This is a playoff team last year that had, that had Super Bowl aspirations this year, and they did not bring Adam Thielen back because of the confidence they had in Osborne taking another step in Hawkinson. And, of course, the draft pick in Addison. Which is a bad decision because apparently Adam Thielen's just Stephon I mean, Diggs now. No. Yes. No. Bad decision. So there for Osborne, go. maybe a viable flex play with Jefferson out, right? I would think so. That's fair. I, listen, against Chicago this week, yeah. he'll be That's a top 30 wide receiver. Big, yeah. big part of it. Yeah. All right, that takes us to our next one here, Rasheed Rice. He's available in 61% of leagues. He goes up against the Denver defense. In week five at Minnesota, Rasheed Rice, five targets, four catches. Most importantly, besides the 33 yards, Barry, he caught a touchdown, and that's what Rasheed Rice's best ability for Patrick Mahomes should you'll be. Win some, we're in a bar right now. You'll, you'll win some bar bets by the way, if you say, hey, who leads the Kansas City Chiefs in red zone targets? Everyone's going to say it's Travis Kelsey, and the answer is Rasheed Rice. He's been targeted on over 36% of his routes this season. That includes all players, minimum 20 targets. He's just earning a target is a skill. Like, And so the fact is that when he's running a route, that he is earning a target on over 36% of those routes, I think it's really impressive. Now, we need him to play more routes, but it feels like they're getting there. Again, that Rasheed Rice, there's a connection between him and Mahomes. We've talked about this a lot, about how they worked out in the offseason, that Mahomes went to the front office and said, draft Rasheed Rice for me. They have. 
Next four opponents all are above average matchups for wide receivers. Broncos, Chargers, Broncos again, and then the Dolphins. So Rasheed Rice, who continues to play more snaps, as you see it there on your screen, you know, yes, only 30% at the Vikings. That one was a little bit weird, but he did score the touchdown. His receptions are starting to get up there in the 5-3-4 range. He's just, I don't know that you feel great about him this week, but this is somebody that I do think will have a significant impact in the second half of the season on one of the best passing offenses in the NFL that is about to get rolling here. I know it was a down game against the Vikings, but... You know, again, they played Denver this week on a short week, and then the Chargers, and then Denver again. Yep. And Rasheed Rice right now has the 11th best PFF grade of any wide receiver. He's ahead of guys like Mike Evans, Chris Olave. Mm. I, you just watch the game. He just looks better than all these other Chiefs receivers. And the big thing for Rasheed Rice is, one, is talent, but then two, like Sky Moore, just, it's just not happening for Sky Moore. It, yeah. Line through Sky Moore, I think, for this season until he figures stuff out. Kadarius Tony as well, again, just not happening. He is, Rice is the one guy who has the upside. I, 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 I remained obsessed with Justin Watson. I don't know why he can't get on the field more. I feel like every time he's out there, he's beating a guy deep and earning a, and a, earning a DPI or a long pass. And I, maybe his just route tree is limited. I don't get what it is with Justin Watson. But what I'll tell you is I think that's an important point here is as you look at – we always talk about this talent opportunity. I think we all agree Rasheed Rice, talented kid, right? And so the, the opportunity in like – Yes, they spread it around a lot, but there's no one on the Chiefs other than Kelsey where you say, like, well, that guy demands targets the way that with the Vikings. Like, obviously, Justin Jefferson demands targets. And so... Uh, it- I don't really understand what's happened to MVS because in the AFC title game, Mahomes was like, oh, I'm throwing MVS every single time. This year and is not a factor. Now he's just, he's had yeah. seven catches in five games. So I think he is mm-hmm. just the write-off as well. And Rice is the, is the one guy who has the talent and the upside. All right, and another busy offense, Lions wide receiver Josh Reynolds. He's got the Bucks. He's available in 59% of leagues. And the reason we bring this one up, Jay, is because Dan Campbell on Amon Ross St. Brown playing Sunday, he goes, it's certainly more than questionable, closer to probable. Reynolds has been a factor in this offense. He's coming off week against Carolina, four catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. He's a deep threat receiver in Ben Johnson's very effective passing game. Yep, and we, he's kind of become the embodiment of that wide re- second wide receiver who's a viable flex. He's the second guy in this offense in terms of wide receivers. Sam Laporta obviously is there as well as a pass catcher, but with the Monra back, I think Josh Reynolds slides into that very Josh Reynoldsy type of role in your fantasy team, where he's the guy who's constantly on waivers and you pick up and you feel okay if he is your option, but uh, I think Jameson Williams, his involvement ramping up, that's the, the very guess, and, and yeah, that, the That's going to happen eventually. There will be a time in the season where we're talking about Jameson Williams over Josh Reynolds, but that week ain't this week. 65 receiving yards in four out of five games this year for Josh Reynolds, who is from Texas A&M University, Gigham Aggies, four for 76 at a touchdown last week, and we don't mind the matchup at the Buccaneers. That week three against the Falcons, the goose egg. Got me cutting our guillotine league. So, <laughs> so just another reason to like Josh Reynolds. Yeah, good, just good. another reason to like Josh Reynolds. Absolutely. All right, another yeah. uh, another Josh on here. Josh Downs, Colts wide receiver at Jacksonville, available in ninety one percent of leagues in Week Five against the Titans. Six targets, six catches, ninety seven yards. Josh Downs has looked much better playing with Gardner Minshew. 25% target share with Minshew this season. Anthony Richardson, we'll talk about him a little bit more when we get to quarterbacks, but the fact of the matter is Richardson's going to miss some time. Minshew will be under center, and it does feel like the passing offense is a little bit more efficient, and there is a connection between Minshew and Josh Downs. They've played three games together. Josh Downs has 18 receptions in those games, and for people that the Colts aren't aren't on a lot of national TV games here, Connor, so... For people that aren't familiar with Josh Downs, who wasn't a big-name rookie coming out this year, 
What are they getting in this kit? Old school slot. Great with the two-way go. He can work inside, outside. Great short area target. At college, he caught everything. I know he's had some ups and downs in the pros with that so far, but it, he caught everything for UNC. And he's a very shifty player. He's kind of like you, Matthew, when very it comes shifty. down to that. So if you're in a like pe- a young Matthew Berry. Yeah. I've heard some of the announcers <laughs> talk about him when he's saying about Josh very shifty. Just like the, the current Adam Thielen Matthew Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> no, He can still get open. He's still catching. If you're in PPR, downs will be very, very effective. He's somebody that can easily catch seven to eight passes on any given day. Might not have a ton of yards, but the catches will be there. Yeah, and Gardner Minshew, to your point, helps him more than Anthony Richardson does. Gardner Minshew doesn't have the ceiling or the upside or clearly the rushing ability of Anthony Richardson, but he's a more polished passer at this point. Jacksonville, Cleveland, New Orleans, and then at Carolina are the next four games there. Cleveland's the only one that makes me a little bit nervous. New Orleans, obviously, a very good defense, but Lattimore will play on – Lattimore will likely be on Michael Pittman in that game. And actually, the slot is where you attack the Saints because Lattimore is so good on the outside. So anyway, I like – anyway, yeah, I, I like Downs. I like Downs, and I certainly like him this week against the Jags. Our last wide receiver here, Jonathan Mingo. He's available in 92% of leagues. He's got Miami this week against Detroit. There was a lot of garbage time in this game as a whole, but he still had seven targets, five mm-hmm. catches, 48 yards. So, I mean, Matthew, the volume is there for Mingo in an offense that they're trying to find it for a young quarterback – a lot of Adam Thielen. They're trying to get the young receiver involved here. Dolphins bottom 10 in terms of most wide receiver fantasy points allowed this season. We expect the Dolphins to put up a lot of points and Bryce Young's be having to throw quite a bit in this game. So yes, you're, you're like, well, a lot of Mingo's production last week was junk time. I got a feeling this is a thing. it's going to be a thing. Like, I don't think it's a fluke. And by the way, that's okay. Junk time counts, counts in fantasy. It all counts. It all counts the same. We like Jonathan Mingo here. Yeah, and Bryce Young wasn't good against Detroit, but at least he showed that he could get to 247 yards in an NFL yeah. game, which I think was important because he wasn't really flirting with those totals previously. Mingo, I mean, he missed the week with the concussion and he missed the end of that game against Seattle with that. But before then, he's getting a ton of targets and playing a ton of snaps. Against the Saints, there was a point where he had like eight targets for three yards and it just wasn't happening. But it's him and Thielen in that offense as the, the wide receivers. Jay, let's take a look at some deep league targets here. Week six, way Wire, of course. Commanders, wide receiver Curtis Samuel. He's available in 83% of leagues. Giants, wide receiver Wondell Robinson. Available in 76% of leagues. And the last one there, Jay... Trent Irwin of the Bengals, available in every fantasy league. Yeah, Trent Irwin, whose value is going to depend on T. Higgins remaining out. But if he is out with Joe Burrow and the health that he showed, uh, all of a sudden Bengals pass catches become more interesting across the board. Curtis Samuel's a strange one, uh, Matthew. It seems like Sam Howe's treating him as though he's Terry McLaurin, but he's not. He's Curtis Samuel. But the past two games, he's had 13 catches, over 100 yards, got a touchdown as well. Do you think he's going to continue to be used? He's had at least 50 receiving yards in four out of five games this year. Like, he's, he's been around. They like him. He's a Carolina guy, a Ron Rivera guy. I mean, they brought him over from Carolina where they were, where they were together. And clearly, given how bad my commander's defense is, they're going to have to throw. And so Samuel, who's playing, you know, playing the slot, you know, again, Sam Howell, who's on pace to literally set an NFL record for sacks, can't get the ball out quick enough. So a lot of Curtis Samuel stuff is in the middle of the field, line of scrimmage, just get out, get rid of the ball quickly. Samuel, of course, has great after-the-catch speed. So in a deeper league, you could do worse than Curtis Samuel, two first names, always a crowd pleaser. Wondell uh, Robinson, by the way, back-to-back games now with six targets, a 67% snap rate last week. He continues to ramp up. Again, it's, it looks like it's going to be a lost season for the Giants, so I think they want to build up their young players. Wanda Robinson, again, was a second-round pick of Brian Dayball, like the first yep. offensive skill player drafted by this regime. 
So I, I just, you know, I think there's something there. Ten targets for Trent Irwin last week, by the way. He played mostly in the snap. They moved Boyd outside, which I think was a little bit surprising. And pretty handy to do that in a game where Jamar Chase had, what, 192 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Still yeah. be able to get ten targets. Yeah, impressive. unbelievable. Because to, everyone's always open. To recap, let's take a look at Barry's week six top wide receiver waiver targets. Number one there, K.J. Osborne, Rasheed Rice right after him, Josh Reynolds, rookies Josh Downs, and Jonathan Mingo. Here's your top five. As we head into week six. All right, and with that, let's jump into the running backs because, guys, we started with brutal injury news to the wide receiver with Justin Jefferson. We start the running backs with more brutal injury news. Devon A. Chan will miss multiple weeks with a knee injury. He's going to get another opinion today to determine if this is an IR stint. But the bottom line here is Matthew, from one of the most exciting rookies in all the NFL and one of the most exciting offenses. It's a big speed bump in the middle of the road. Why can't morning. we have nice things? Nothing. We were so, like, it's been such a bad year in so many different ways, but we're like, oh, but at least we have Miami. Yeah. Miami's fun. They're so fun to watch. What a pleasure to watch this offense and what they're doing. And then, yeah. then Devon Achan um, injured. So we'll see. Could be placed on the hour. We will see. Just, just watch this. Look how beautiful this is. Look at him just running back. And look at, look at these giants. Just like they gave up, you know, with 20. Because they're like, we're not catching this kid. We're not catching him. The way that he gets to the outside and makes McKinney look like he's I basically I me. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Looks like he's just playing a different sport. And he kind of was playing a different sport because no one averages 12 yards per carry in the no. NFL, which is what A-Chan has done to this point. Uh, yeah, so Jeff Wilson becomes the pickup clearly here, I think, and Raheem Mostert, you're already starting him, but he will rise in importance as well. His agent, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, says that Wilson will be activated off the IR. The 21-day practice window will open since 2020. When he gets double-digit touches, he's averaging 14.9 fantasy points per game. Jeff Wilson Jr. is. We'd expect I'll have Mostert ranked ahead of him if Wilson's active for this game. You certainly want him because whether he plays this week against Carolina or not, the fact is, is that he's going to be part of this backfield, especially if A-Chan is going to miss multiple weeks, which it sounds like he will. He might miss up to four, if not more. Also, for deeper leagues, Savon Achman, he's had double-digit fantasy points in all three career games where he's gotten double-digit touches. If if We don't know where Wilson is yet in his rehab. Maybe he's on the field for this week, but it might be like it might still be a couple of games. You know, he starts practicing and ramping up. So, Ahmed would be in line to be the backup to Mostert. And again, given how they're blowing people out yep. and they're playing the Panthers this week, like, don't be surprised if Savan Ahmed gets 15 touches in the second half of this game. You know, I mean, right. like just, yep. especially by the way, with Achan hurt, they're going to want to be more, you know, as soon as the game's out of hand, they're going to want to put Mostert on the bench. They're not going to want to risk him. Right? Yeah, and Wilson's a guy who can win you weeks because there is a chance just between his own rise in importance. Because, I mean, last season on Miami, he had four games with 13-plus carries. He mm-hmm. had a game with seven targets. He gets utilized. And also, Raheem Mostert gets hurt every season, basically. Yeah. And they don't they want to... Do. Yeah, yeah, and they don't want to give him 17 carries a game because of that. So there are going to be weeks where Jeff Wilson could be the lead running back in the best offense in football. I mean, he's a mustache right now. It's available yes. in 74% of leagues is yeah. absolutely I would, I would say, by the way, of we, we normally just do it by position, but of all the player, he's the number one priority ad for me across all positions. I'd rather him than any of the wide receivers. I'd rather him than any of the tight ends or quarterbacks we're talking about. Because, right, there's a scenario where he's a league winner for you. Like, there's also a scenario where Devon Achan comes back in three weeks and Jeff Wilson is the third, you know, is just, you know, third guy in the depth chart. But, like... 
there's a non-zero chance that Jeff Wilson Jr. takes over this backfield due to potential injury and just performance. Yeah, there are probably going to be some leagues where Jordan Addison is still available. We probably still take Jordan Addison over Jeff Wilson. Yeah. But yeah, outside of that, yeah, Wilson's the guy. Look at the Broncos' backfield. Jaleel McLaughlin, he's only available in 41% of leagues. His teammate Samaji P. Ryan available in 55%. They got the Chiefs this week, and the report is Javante Williams – it's estimated as limited Monday. They didn't have the official practice. But it's a short he's, week. He's trending the right direction. It felt like a close call for the last game. And I think the bigger question if Javante comes back is, what does this do to the effective duo of McLaughlin and Pirine? I think Pirine plays in. I think, yeah, I mean, yes. right, I mean, exactly. I think Pirine plays enough to be annoying to the managers of uh, Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin, but I don't think he has any standalone value unless something, again, were to happen to the two of them. He got some passing game work uh, last week. You see it there. He looked good against the on Jets. Screen. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, you know, and they use him in the past. I think they they uh, they believe in him in in pass pro. They they prefer him there, uh, but I mean. McLaughlin just runs at a different speed. Yes. He just looks like the the more explosive back. And, you know, the last two weeks he's had 22 touches, 193 total yards. He's scored in both games. There was a game, I want to say it was week two or week three, I forget, where he only got one carry. It was one carry for five yards, but it scored. Just the, And the point of bringing that up is that Sean Payton in a goal-to-go situation trusted McLaughlin not only to have him out on the field, but to give him the ball, and he did convert that as well. So... This is somebody that Peyton found, an undrafted free agent, and I think they found something. He had a very strong camp. He started to trend up, you know, as camp was ending, and he's earned his way onto the field. Yep. He's getting more. So I prefer McLaughlin to P. Ryan, even, even though P. Ryan's more readily available. If McLaughlin is available, he'd be my number two guy. If he's not available, I'm not saying P. Ryan is my number two guy. Yep. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I get that. Here's the sneaky thing, though, with the Broncos is that they're one and four – Three of their next four games, this feels impossible, three of their next four games are against Kansas City and Buffalo. So they're going to lose those games. Uh, and then they might beat the Packers in between. But you're looking at a team that's probably 2-7 and seven and that is going to have to shift towards youth, I think. And so, like, what's the point of playing some RJP run if you're 2-7 and seven and you've got a talented young guy who's shown plenty? So I think McLaughlin will get more and more run. Yeah, and the, only, the only reason, too, is just to keep Russell Wilson upright. Just, yeah, again, sure. like, if they just, they, you know, they... they, so they didn't want that, though. That is a great question, There's and a I don't know. Going on with the a lot going on with the Broncos. Let's ride. All right, moving over to the Bears. Roshan Johnson available in 59% of leagues. Deontay Foreman available in 93%. They got the Vikings on deck here. The report is Khalil Herbert will miss multiple weeks with the high ankle yeah. sprain. Their upcoming schedule, though, Jay, is what you'd want to see for a backfield. Minnesota, Vegas, and then the Chargers here on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, and I think the main thing, too, is that the Bears just showed that they could be a competent, kind of explosive offense against your commanders, Mm. Matthew, uh, who have a tendency to do that. But I do think just with how good fields looked as a passer, with the way DJ Moore got going, I think you just want more shares of this offense than you probably would have thought two weeks ago. And Roshan Johnson, I think he's the guy. Obviously, he's dealing you know, with his own injury, getting concussed in that game. But if he's back, it seemed like he had clearly gone past the onto Foreman who was being inactive. But I think Foreman is a worthwhile stash as well. Foreman's been a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks as well. But to your point about Johnson, he's averaging five yards per touch. He's actually caught 91% of his passes. So when they do throw to him, like, he's not a nothing in the passing game. Like, he has, has, as Connor likes to say, he has soft hands. Uh, I can't speak to that personally, but uh, I'm going to believe you, Connor, when you talk about that. To your point about Foreman, he's had nine different games with 20 or more touches over the past two seasons and averaged almost 12 fantasy points per game, Foreman. Like, again, we haven't really seen him in a Bears uniform this year, but assuming – Assuming Johnson is cleared from the concussion protocol by Sunday, 
I would rank them Johnson than Foreman, but they're both there. And there's a chance that Foreman is the starting running back if he doesn't get cleared, uh, if Roshan Johnson doesn't get cleared. I mean, they were using using Bassingame, who's their fullback, <laughs> as the running <laughs> yes. back, like last year. Right. Like, you know, yeah. yes. Because, by the way, because also um, – uh, well, not DJ Dallas. Who's the um, – Travis Homer. Travis, oh, Travis right. sorry, I was – I'm trying that's third down backs for Seattle. That's a fair mix-up, though. <laughs> well, no, no, but just, no, but just because they're yes. DJ Dallas and from Travis Homer. Oh, I agree. I agree. They're both the, 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 like the uh, third yeah. down backs for Seattle. That's a messy like, Seattle backfield. Right. Yeah. And so, anyway, it's Travis Homer. Uh, DJ Dallas uh, remains a, a Seahawk, uh, I believe. But um, So, yeah, anyway, I think it'll be Johnson and Foreman. Uh, but Johnson, we think – we thought even before the Herbert injury that Johnson was trending in the right direction to sort of take a bigger piece of this backfield, and now – with the unfortunate injury to Herbert, he's got a real opportunity to, wait for it, run away with the job. Yes, indeed. The weird thing, what they were doing is they were giving the first two drives of each game to Khalil Herbert and then the third drive <laughs> to Roshan Johnson. So I don't know if Roshan just moves up into the role where now he gets two-thirds of the drives and Deontay Foreman gets one-third. Do you think Roshan could be a every down back? 100%. Yep. He, I mean, he was the best pass protector out of the entire rookie class, including Bijan Robinson, pass protector. So that keeps him on the field in third down. Justin he can catch the ball. Up. And he's in between the tackles runner. Yep. So, I mean, it might not be pretty. Yeah. But again, soft hands. Soft yeah, hands. Soft mitts. Yeah. Mitts. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you're wearing the Buffalo sweater from well, the night in you Buffalo. Know, we, we, we had, the, we had <laughs> oh, me the doing Jamar Chase uh, in the beginning of the, the show. And then, you know, Justin Jefferson, very sad, awful. And so Justin Jefferson managers drink for free. But I wore this because, Jay, I don't know if you remember this, but today, today is the one-year anniversary of our magical night in Buffalo. <laughs> is that right? Yes, oh, today is, 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 is exactly. So I just, one night in Buffalo. Yeah. I know you don't remember a lot of that night, or you claim not to, but look, it, it meant a lot presents. to me. It, it, it meant a lot to me. I thought you were going somewhere completely different with that. We were talking about elite wide receivers, and you're going to give some love to Stephon Diggs, but no, you're right, harking back that to, that uh, to our magical wrong? night uh, Which are one Buffalo. night in Buffalo. One night it was. Together. Yeah. All right. Magical night. Wings, but you know what's been great? What, what's been, what's been great about it? I just want to say this real quickly, and I just want, I want to give you some praise on national TV right now. I just Thank want to take a moment here. Like, a lot of people after the night, it would have gotten weird, and it hasn't gotten weird. It hasn't affected our friendship. I don't think it's gotten right. better. No, 100%. It's brought us closer. Team chemistry. Exactly. 100%. 100%. So I just, I, I appreciate you. You know, because sometimes when stuff like that happens, it gets uh, weird. No, but no, it didn't ruin our friendship at all. It's just friends hanging out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just guys doing guys stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, guys being dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Once. So a smooth transition to Arizona's backfield. <laughs> Everybody the, loves that. Yeah. Listen, unfortunately, James Conner is expected to miss multiple weeks with a knee injury. And Jonathan Gannon got to talk about the trickle effect of that, most notably for Imari DiMercato, who is available in 98% of leagues. Take a listen. Yeah, he was ready. He was ready. You know, he's been playing a little bit on third down, and, you know, depending on what happens with the backs here, his role might tick up a little bit, but he's ready to step in there and play football. Um, he was – I kind of gave him a little little chat on the sideline, and he was he was good to go, man. So it was, it was impressive to see, honestly. I can never look at Jonathan again and just not think of the pew, pew, pew <laughs> to Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. It's just forever in my brain. It actually haunts my dreams. So Michael Smith on uh, Fantasy Football Pre-Game on Sunday kept on saying these random names, just throwing out random names. I'm not sure but like, he would say like Keaton Mitchell, right. Mario DiMercato, okay, so Ed, Ed Norton, well, just yeah, throwing exactly. out names. Like, who are the, which one leaves the football players? Michael Smith, like a masochist, plays in a 20-team fantasy league. Like, it's just it's, it's, yeah, well, a, dark it's, place. It's, it's a dark, dark place. Like, I play in some really deep leagues, 
but 16 teams is as deep as I go. I go 16 teams, 33-man rosters, but, like, 20-team, mm-hmm. you know. You're with starting like, third tw- stringers, right? I, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it, it gets. It gets. You start Mike White hoping Miami blows a team out, and yeah. Mike White gives you 50 yards. You, you really, listen, I, I, in, that, in that league, my deep league, I've also had some injury issues, but, like, I literally had a decision between Justin Watson and Nick Westbrook Aquino. <laughs> <laughs> This week. That is Russell Westbrook. So, Amari Di Mercado, uh, Mercado, I should say. But, yes, he is, a deep, he is certainly a deep-laid guy who has suddenly been thrust into the limelight, as it were, because once James Conner went out with that injury last week, he played 100% of the snaps. Yeah. Now, Keontae Ingram, who was their presumed backup, has missed the last two weeks with a neck injury. He got a limited practice in last week on Thursday, Friday. They also, they've been using Rondell Moore in the backfield a little bit. And they just claimed Tony Jones off waivers from the Saints. So uh, it's not only a crowded backfield, but, a, but an ugly one that's unclear. Tony uh, Jones is here to take the touchdown at some point. You, you know that's happening, yes. right? You know that's, uh, you know that's happening. Um, meanwhile, by the way, you also have a mobile quarterback in Josh Dobbs who's a threat to run it when they get in close. So I think this is probably a running back by committee. Uh, and we'll see sort of how it shakes out. But... If you're making a waiver claim tonight, I think uh, DiMarcado De, De is the head of that committee. Again, he, he, he played well last week. They mentioned the third down, um, mentioned the third down role. Ingram, like, Ingram hasn't been awesome since he's been in the league. I mean, so far, the best thing you can say about Keontae Ingram is that he's better than Corey Clement, who he beat out in the camp to become, like, sort of the, you know, the, the backup right. to James Conner. But... Uh, you know, DeMarcado backed up Country Miller and TCU. Like, you know, for people credit that don't know him. who this kid is, he's a rookie, Connor. A credit to him for being here because I ranked 300 players. That's where they stopped me at NBC Sports. Yeah. And you can read that on NBCSports.com. I did not have him in my top 300 because he was Kendra Miller's backup. And he wasn't like Roshan Johnson was to be John Robinson. Right, yeah. So the fact that he's made it this far and now is the guy for Jonathan Gannon says a lot. And you noticed it about two weeks ago. That's why we did our – trade candidates thing, and it's, this isn't a victory lapping James Conner getting hurt, but you looked at Dean Mercado, and you're like, he's getting on the field a little bit on third down. So there is third down pass catching role. He only had one catch last week, but I still think that's where he could be most effective in an offense that as spunky as Arizona has been, Jay, I think they'll be playing from behind where you could see some dump-offs to him. Yeah, they were less frisky against Cincinnati and kind of came back to who they were. So, yeah, I think that DeMarcado will get work, but I wouldn't be, you know, blowing my fat badge. No, no. Yeah, again, I think, it, I, think, I think it is a committee. I think he's the head of the committee. But, like, if you get down this far and you're still looking for somebody that will get some run over the next few weeks, DeMarcado is a guy. By the way, on the one-year anniversary of our night in Buffalo, I appreciate <laughs> You're using the word frisky. Let's move on to the other names on the list here, Connor. Yeah. Uh, other guys that we've been talking about stashing for a while, they're still out there in way too many leagues. I don't understand this with Tajay Spears. How, 76% of the leagues. We've been begging you. We've been begging yeah. you for weeks. Pick up Tajay Spears. Why won't you listen to us? 50% snap rate this season. Like, he's splitting time with Derrick Henry, right? He, he's got more receptions, almost as many receiving yards. Played better last week as well. Right, He's played over 50% of the snaps in four to five games this season. He's had at least 55 yards from scrimmage in three of the past four, including four targets in four or five games this year. He's their passing down back. I don't know if Derrick Henry has hit a wall or not, or if it's just the offensive line, but he hasn't seen, with the exception of basically one game, he hasn't been King Henry this year. And whether they're trying to limit his workload to keep him fresher, or but, but Spears looks like the more spry running back. I mean, I don't want to ever, you know, never want to doubt King Henry, but like, 
Tajay Spears looks pretty good. Jay, quickly on Kendra Miller, 12 rushes last week, so the volume's there. He's available in 88% of leagues. We knew at some point this backfield will lean on him. Any interest as a, as a deeper stash? Here? I think so, because he also had the four receptions for 53 yards. And the good thing with Miller, the upcoming schedule for the Saints, Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Chicago. So overall pretty favorable for a team that is trending up after that game against New England. Barry, our last one, Justice Hill. He's available in 72% of leagues. He's coming off a week where he did catch four passes. He had that brutal fumble on the screen. Yeah. But the bottom line is he is a thing in the Ravens' offense right now. And what's weird is, is that we think of Gus Edwards as sort of the finisher, but Justice Hill's had at least three red zone touches in three of the four games he's seen. So you know the passing game work, but they're not scared to use him when they get in close. Now, Gus Edwards is still a thing, and also you mentioned Keaton Mitchell, the undrafted rookie free agent that was kind of a camp sensation. He's been hurt. He's eligible to come up the IR. He hasn't been activated yet by the Ravens. But for deeper leagues, he's probably worth a flyer as well. But, yeah, Justin Hill, Justice Hill, who's 72% avow, uh, available, I think he's a viable flex guy as we expect this. I mean, you know, listen, if you're Lamar Jackson after last week, are you thrown to your wide receivers? You're just like, you know what, let me just give it to Justice Hill and run it myself. You guys, just, you guys do cardio. You guys just run wind sprints. Tough week for Lamar. Yeah. Tough, tough week for Lamar's pass catcher as well. Seven drops. They dropped seven passes it from was, Lamar Jackson. I believe it's the most in the past two years. Right, in, right. including like ones in the end zone. Like Aguilar, he, he catches that one. Right. Well, he's just like, ah! <laughs> like, well, he, so I have many impressions, right? So here's Aguilar. <laughs> right? And then here's Rashad Bateman. I'm in the end zone, right? And then here's Zay Flowers. I'm open. I'm on. And he just falls down. And like if he just stayed yeah. in stride, that would have hit him for a touch. I yeah, mean, like just. Stay on your feet. It was, um, it was no bueno. Let's recap Barry's week six top running back waiver targets. We talked about Jeff Wilson, the must stash. He might be playable quite soon, guy. Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman, Imari, DiMercato for the Cardinals, while James Connors hurt. Ty J. Spears, still an effective stash. Kendra Miller, same could be said for him. And then Justice Hill. With that, let's jump right into the quarterbacks here. Matthew Stafford, it's only available in 43% of leagues, so maybe just a I mentioned if he's out there in your league, Matthew, I think you would like him this week against Arizona. Yeah, I mean, they resurrected Joe Burrow. They allow the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. He's top five in passing yards and pass attempts. He's got Cooper Cup back, Puka Nakua there as well. After that, how about Russell Wilson? We expect him to have to throw against the Kansas City Chiefs on the short week. By the way, he's a top ten fantasy quarterback this week. For all the dunking on Nathaniel Hackett, the fact of the matter is, is that since Hackett left Denver, Russell Wilson has been a QB1 as well. My boy, future Hall of Famer Sam Howell at Atlanta. He's had at least 19 fantasy points in three of the four last games. When they make Desmond Ritter look awesome, Sam Howell's going to have to throw against the Falcons. And then Gardner Minshew, who's going to be the guy for the Colts for the foreseeable future, playing the Jaguars, who allow over 19 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks this season, top 10 in the NFL. Yep, and look, the thing with Gardner Minshew as well, Colts have a very easy schedule the rest of the way, so I expect that he will be able to put up some touchdown numbers. Jay, let's look at tight ends here, starting with commander's tight end Logan Thomas. He was available in 84% of leagues. Monster game the against LT. the Bears. The real, yeah, there you go. The monster game against the Bears, and he's got the Falcons, Giants, Eagles, who tight ends are effective against, and then the Patriots. Yeah, I don't understand the target and reception breakdown tree at all in Washington, but it is <laughs> no skewing towards Logan Thomas for some reason. So uh, he is a valuable pickup. Tyler Conklin. Jokes the aside, the, the reason is is because he's under prep. Because seriously, like he holds the ball yes. too long. Yeah. The offensive line is is a dis- is a disaster, and he holds the ball too yep. long. So those two things combined, it's just like it's middle-of-field stuff. That's why Curtis Samuel, that's why Logan Thomas, he's not letting routes develop or not having time for McLaurin and Dotson. 
to develop routes. Just so. as a general rule, any time a tight end gets 11 targets, they should be rostered the following week. Tyler Conklin against Philadelphia as well for your Jets, Connor. He had five targets, four receptions, 67 yards uh, against yeah, Denver. Zach's leaning on him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, death same taxes, thing. Same death taxes, thing. right, and death taxes start your tight ends against Philly. And then Jonu Smith, I don't understand the Atlanta offense at all, but apparently now Desmond Ritter can support two tight ends and a wide receiver as well as Bijan Robinson. I think the strides that Ritter showed in that game against Houston bode well for that passing offense going forward. He's Just the level of confidence. He's been, he's been, on the road he's a disaster, but he's been good at home this game, this week is at home. He will light up my commander's defense because they're so brutal. Yes. Uh, just, just, you know, make no mistake. 20% target share over the last four weeks for Jonu Smith, by the way. And then Dalton Schultz, to your <laughs> point, like, uh, whatever, he did get 10 targets. Now, they're playing New Orleans. The Saints are brutal against tight ends. He'll be on my hate list this week. But in terms of we, the Texans' offense is better than we think. Dalton Schultz has been a fantasy factor before in his career. Don't love him this week, but... You know, he's now scored in back-to-back games. Feels like he's starting to gain a connection with C.J. Stroud. If you need a defense this week, you could look at the Vikings against the Bears because they're available in 95% of leagues. But how about the Falcons against the Commanders? Like you said, Matthew, that Commanders offensive line combined with Sam Howell holding on the ball way too long. Falcons could put up a lot of sack totals in fantasy. And finally, the Rams against Arizona. Josh Dobbs has been pretty spunky this year, but the bottom line is Arizona still has some struggles. And these are the ones that are just widely available across all fantasy leagues right now. 100%. Yeah. All right, before we take a break, let's quickly look at the drop bulls because you like all these players we're talking about adding, even if you need a defense, but you got to drop somebody. These are droppable players owned in over 50% of leagues, starting with Daniel Jones. He's not only hurt, the Giants' offense is horrific right now. Gus Edwards, A.J. Dillon, and Dalvin Cook, those guys just can't get anything going, especially if Aaron Jones returns for Dillon and freezes backfield for the Jets. 2-2 Atwell, Elijah Moore, wide receiver. Hunter Henry puts up the goose egg in a disastrous game for all of New England's offense. And Pat Fryermuth, who's been hurt, combined with the Steelers' pass game struggle. So uh, these are not must-drops. These are just if you have to drop and, you you know, we don't mind it. Again, Packers on a bye this week. So Dylan, which we ex- he's he fell into the end zone. We'll talk about this coming up. But, um, uh, like, he has not been that effective. And then Fryermuth, ideally what you're doing is you're putting him in your IR spot. Pittsburgh is the other team on a bye this week. But if, if you don't have an IR spot... Chances are you're not, unless you're, you know, in a crazy deep league, chances are you could probably risk, if he had to drop Firemouth, you could probably risk it, you know, because, again, he's not going to play this week. More depth of tight end than anticipated yeah, as well. Yeah, and he hasn't been great this year, yep. let's be honest. So, um, again, I'm not advocating it, but if, you, if you're truly up against it, don't hate it either. We're going to take our first break when we're back, of course, our Monday night football breakdown. A lot of Jacoby Myers. Not a lot of Devontae Adams. Not a lot of Devontae Adams. That was disappointing. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. 
Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Jordan Love, the Packer quarterback. There's the shotgun snap. They rush four. He gets out of harm's way. Throws down the far side. End zone intercepted. Intercepted. Intercepted on the play. Robertson in the end zone. Far side. Oh, flag. The Raiders are going to win it. The Raiders game ceiling interception to beat the Packers. A tough night. For Jordan Love, and we will get there in a minute. But Devontae Adams, guys. It is hard to find love in Vegas. I know many that have searched. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, it, long some, lasting love. Long lo- lasting love. love. Tra- yeah. You can find transient fans. love. You yeah. can rent love. Yeah. But it's hard to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, it's hard to be a homeowner. Yeah, it's it, 100%. Sure. Um, Jordan Love was bad. Anyway, well, we, yeah. what do you want? You want to get Don Buckley? <laughs> I want to, yeah, that's what I want. So. Okay. Yeah, tough I game. To, I just wanted to make Love and, and Las yeah. Vegas jokes. Yeah. Jay, tough game for Devontae Adams <laughs> in a revenge game Connor's spot. entire job. You know what? You know what it is, Jay? You know what it, I feel so bad for Connor. The truth of the matter. You've been here for a long time. And the game like recap you, is you gone. Were, you were, you were, you were, you were, You were working NBC Sports before I showed no. up. So you're, you're kind of grandfathered in. But, you know, Connor before, came after I did. So poor Connor. All Connor's trying to do is, like, i got to keep this job. I got to keep this. I got to keep the show on the rails, and not get fired. Yes, because I sort of feel like you know uh, you're laid into the joke a little bit, but not too not much. Too much. Poor, Connor, yeah. poor Connor. Poor yeah. Connor. Well, because Connor's young, yeah. he's engaged. Like he's Probably starting the fit. rope you have. As right. Well. I'm, I'm like, and listen, I'm, I'm towards the end here. Like yeah. whatever. Yeah. If I, you know, I get fired tomorrow, money. it was yeah. a good run, right? Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. But poor Connor, like he's building a family. He's yes. trying to build a career. Yes. Like a yeah, poor kid. That's why we still rent in the area. We don't buy because we just don't know. You never. No, we just smart. don't know. All right. No, no. Devontae Adams, yeah, yeah, four targets, four receptions, 45 yards. I mean, they didn't really have to do much in this game. And it just, when he wasn't covered, it's just the Jacoby Myers show. And you had a good call, Connor. Would you back him over three and a half receptions? Four and a half. Four and a half? Plus money when I got it, but it did Well, he got 10 targets, seven receptions. That, that was done very, very quickly. And Jacoby Myers just continues to show that he's a start every yeah. week fantasy sure. wide receiver. It, I thought it was super interesting when you watch the game. So Lisa Salters, at some point during the game, interviewed Josh McDaniels. And they asked, and it was very generic coach speak. What do you got to do? And But one of the questions she asked was, she goes, I think this was after the second half. Well, she was just like, hey, you know, like whatever, one catch for one whatever yards it was for Devonta Adams. How do you get him more involved? And he just said some generic thing like, well, it's all, you know, it's all about running the right play. And, uh, and so I wonder if like just the way he said it was running the right play just made me think like, I wonder if just Garoppolo just isn't reading the defenses right and like, he didn't want to throw his quarterback under the bus. They obviously paid a lot of attention to Adams not wanting him to go off against his former team. Every game prior to last night, he had a 34% target share. Bad day at the office for Devontae Adams. It is what it is. They're not worried about it. I, like They're on a bye. They'll look at the tape. They'll get better. Pick your coach's cliche. Yeah. The big story is the Packers' offense. Jordan Love was terrible. Brutal. It's the worst game yeah. of his career. Chris Towers tweeted out uh, to paraphrase, like, he has a bit of Drew Locke in him, Jordan Love, That's where fair. he looks like a quarterback as he moves around, but then the throws just don't go where you want them to go. So he was terrible, three interceptions, and the whole passing offense suffered as a result. I don't understand how Romeo Dobbs only got one reception for four yards. Christian Watson catches the bomb, gets the seven targets. He's probably the guy you want at receiver now 
now overdubs. And then Luke Musgrave, uh, he also gets some work, Matthew. Yeah, he did. I, I think one of the concerns for, for Love, first game of the season without a passing touchdown, he completed just 25% of his passes and throws 10 yards or more downfield. But for me, the biggest concern is, is again, as we sort of talk about this with Sam Howell, like, they missed David Bakhtiari on that line. Like, he was under – like, credit to Max Crosby, who had a great game. Took over the game. But, like, I, I don't feel like that offensive line – and A.J. Dillon hasn't, has been sort of running in molasses too, but, like, he's also getting hit at the line of scrimmage a lot. Like, that line is a concern to me for the passing offense, especially because Watson and Dobbs and even Musgrave, you know, they're all – they're young players. None of them are established enough where you feel like, eh, you know, it does, any competent quarterback can get – you know, they need to get – I don't know. I'm – Let's see what they look like after the bye. We don't have to really talk about it, but just like, here's the if there's one positive out of the schedule, they get Denver. Yep. So they get two <laughs> weeks to prepare for the Broncos. So big game for Aaron Jones. Once yeah, there, exactly. Right? Let's not panic until they if they lay an egg after after the bye week against Denver, then I think we can hit the panic button. But certainly eyebrows should be raised for all Packers offensive players other than Aaron Jones who didn't play. We'll take our last break. When we're back, it's Back to the Futures, including offensive and Defensive Player of the Year, right after this. Yeah. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you, if you could? Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, let's jump into a little Back to the Futures. Jay, starting with you. What are you looking at? I've heard some For, the, for the record, the I don't chatter. believe we've officially licensed that logo. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's licensed. It's licensed. Uh, yes, offensive player of the year, Connor, with Justin Jefferson going down. This market is a lot more wide open. The guy I like is Jamar Chase at 15 to 1. His odds, there's too much of a gap between him and Tyreek Hill. Jamar Chase can track down Tyreek Hill. I think the Bengals will go on a run, Matthew. What do you like? Uh, you know what? The Commanders win total is six and a half. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how they get four, seven, five more wins. Yeah. Uh, look at their upcoming. Look at their upcoming. Wait, They're turn. on the road at Atlanta. They're going to lose that. They got two against uh, the Giants. They'll split those. They got two against Philly. Those are both losses. They're at New England. That's a loss. At Seattle. That's a loss. They still have Dallas twice. Miami. They're at the Rams. They're at the Jets in week 16. The Jets will have it figured out by then as well. The Niners in, in week 17. Come, stop it. Give me the under on six and a half wins. Go bet Aiden Hutchinson, Defensive Player of the Year. He's plus 1,500. He leads pass rushers and pressures by six. That's it for us. It's closing time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For Jay and Connor, I'm Matthew. Happy anniversary, Jay Croucher. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) 
Hey, Fidelity, how can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.